my surroundings, the nature, it felt like a veil had been lifted over my eyes, which is exactly what the Bible says happens. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14, it says, But the people's minds were hardened, and to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. You ever wonder when you're speaking to someone about God's truth that it's just hitting up against a brick wall? That's why. You're almost wasting your breath. That's why you need to pray, Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, move. We read on. We read on. Mel, where are you? The same veil covers it so they cannot understand. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. That's what happened to me. And so it was a really exciting time and, and, and I felt uh, the, weight of, the weight of the world, I felt like I was carrying the weight of the world up until that moment and I felt like that weight had been lifted off my shoulders. I felt a peace and a joy uh, like never before. And I remember thinking to myself, I always felt like even though I had uh, amazing parents and brothers and sisters and friends, I always felt like I was doing life alone. And I remember thinking in that moment, now I don't have to do life alone anymore. I have someone by my side. And it was fantastic. But not long after this, I had this other thought. And it dawned on me, it slowly dawned on me, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Does that mean I'm one of those born-again Christians? Don't tell me that means now I'm one of those born-again Christians. Because I grew up a Catholic. I didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, though, but I grew up a Catholic. And I kind of had heard some stories about born-again Christians. And I'm thinking... It wasn't a good thought. And so slowly the excitement was sort of slowly starting to wear off a little bit and I quickly ran to find my mentor because you get given a mentor when you get down there. And I ran to find my mentor and I said to her, hey, listen, I've just given my heart to Jesus Christ. I've just surrendered my life to Jesus. But does that mean now that I am a born-again Christian, please tell me, does, is that what it means? And she said, yes, you are now a born-again Christian. And my heart sank. <laughs> I was so disappointed. I was now one of them. And I went to my room. This is real stuff. This is what, this is what it was got. This is me processing this. And so I went to my room to seriously consider this decision that I had just made, seriously considering this decision I had just made. One thing I knew though, I couldn't deny the experience I just had, couldn't deny it. No one could take it from me and there's no way I could deny it. And then I began to turn to scripture because I had developed a a, a love for the word of God and I knew there was a word, there was God's word is God's word and so I turned to scripture and in scripture, I found this story about this guy called Nicodemus and he had a few questions for Jesus as well. He was trying to understand, you know, what do you mean we can be born again? What, do you, what does this mean? And so he was asking Jesus some questions about spiritual rebirth and in John chapter 3 verse 1 to 8, we read this. 
Now, there was a Pharisee, a, name, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jew- Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. So Nicodemus was struggling with slightly different, uh, different things than I was. But anyway, Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases, you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it was going, so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. That made complete sense to me and that settled it for me. That was it. I was a born-again Christian. I was okay with that. Couldn't deny the experience. Couldn't deny that Jesus had just spoken and that was all. And we all have to come to that place where we're okay with our salvation experience. We all have to come to that place where we don't care in the nicest way possible what people think. We have to come to that place. And young people, I'm speaking to you too. You have to come to that place where you don't care what your friends think that you're a believer, that you're a Christian, that you go to church, that Jesus is your Lord and Saviour, that we're secure in our faith in God, that we're completely comfortable with who we are in God. And so if you have those questions or you're wrestling with any of that stuff, you've got to take it to God, just like I did. You've got to take it to God and get to that place where you can walk with your head held high and confidently know and be okay with that starting point because you have to start from there amen we cannot be ashamed of the gospel nor afraid to communicate it amen now i remember the first time i walked into a happy clappy service and i was like lord get me out of here and again you have to remember give me grace standing up here i grew up a catholic okay nothing against catholics you know, there's a lot of born-again Catholics that love Jesus Christ and all of that. Uh, but I, I had never had that experience before. And I was just like, these people, this is strange. It's weird. It, I didn't know what to make of it. it I, I didn't, and, and my question is, and, and the question is, is why are we even happy clappy? Why? And the answer is, aside it from being fun, Because church isn't boring. Because church shouldn't be boring. Church shouldn't just be a box that we tick. Jesus has done that. It's my Sunday morning. Now let's get to the good stuff. Praise is our weapon. We spoke about prayer being a weapon last week. If you're here or you've gone back and listened to the message... Prayer is one of our weapons. Another weapon we have 
as believers is praise. When we praise God, his presence drops, like this morning. When we praise God, his presence drops and miracles take place. Praise is a weapon. And we see it demonstrated right throughout the Bible. If you read the Bible, you see it throughout the Bible. In the book of Joshua, we read about the wars of Jericho. The Israelites were confronted with these wars. There was no way through them. And then God says to them, well, march around the wall six times and then on the seventh time shout praise and the walls will come down. Now, if God said that to me, I'd be like, hmm, that doesn't really make sense. (laughs) How about we do it this way? But okay then. And so that's what they did. They marched around the wall six times and on the seventh time they shouted praise and the walls came crashing down. Praise is a weapon. In the book of Acts, Paul and Silas were in prison for preaching the gospel. In fact, they were in prison because Paul delivered a slave girl from a demon. She was predicting uh, the future for her owners, making money for her owners, and he delivered her. And her owners got angry because they weren't, she wasn't making their money anymore. So they grabbed Paul and dragged him to the marketplace before the authorities. And he got arrested and thrown into prison. Now, instead of, like, there's lots of things he could have done, Paul and Silas, like whinge, complain, cry, sleep. You know, who just sleeps things off because, you know, things are hard and you're depressed or whatever, instead of there's so many things they could have chosen to do, but instead what they chose to do was sing and praise, sing praises to God. That's what they chose to do. So many other options, complain, whinge, cry, sleep, I don't know. What else? Drink, do drugs. I don't know, you can keep going with your lists, whatever you, you know, whatever people do, whatever your own thing is, watch TV, Netflix, da-da-da, blah, 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 (laughs) whatever it is. But no, they chose to sing and praise God. And then suddenly there was an earthquake that shook the foundations of the prison. The prison doors flung open and the shackles and the chains fall off the prisoners and they're free. So much so that the jailer freaks out And he's about to take his own life. And Paul says, no, don't. And the jailer goes, well, how can I be saved? How can I be saved? And Paul says, well, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you and your household will be saved. You and your household will be saved. And so the jailer put his faith, surrendered his life to Christ. Him and his whole household were saved. From what? Paul and Silas singing praises to their God. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? Praise is our weapon. Another place in the Bible it says or it shows how singing praises defeats our enemies in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22. It says, As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. So much more than happy clappy. So much more than happy clappy. It's through praise that God defeats our enemies. 
It's through praise that God sets us free. It's through praise that breakthrough comes. When you have these other options, it's through praise that depression lifts. It's through praise that miracles occur. It's through praise that circumstances and situations can be changed. And it's a hard thing to do, but I think once you start, it's hard to stop. You know, it's really hard to get up here uh, and, and break and, and, and after with the praise and worship team and to get up if you're the host or the MC and to transition into the next part of the service. <laughs> it's a difficult thing to do. Praise and worship. You know, God throughout the Bible continually asks us to praise him. Psalm 146 verse 1 to 2 says this, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Sometimes you've got to tell yourself to praise God. You've got to speak to yourself. Speak to yourself. You've got to tell yourself to praise God. Psalm 147 verse 1 says this, Praise the Lord. How good is it to sing praises to our God? How pleasant and fitting to praise him. Psalm 151 to 2, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his acts of power, praise him for his surpassing greatness. Psalm 156 verse 6, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, Jesus himself said, that if his followers or he is if his disciples stay quiet even the rocks will cry out so much more than happy clappy praise is our weapon are you utilizing it and i i honestly have to admit this actually is a weakness in my life i have to admit that so I'm working on this as much as I am preaching it and teaching it. And this week has been a great test. Let me tell you, for that, amen? But God knows that. That's why I'm preaching it this week. <laughs> he always tests you on it when you're preaching it, hey? Preacher would know that. Praise God. I want to shift gears for a moment and I want to create a pathway into Pentecost Sunday, if that's okay. In John chapter 14, verse 12, imagine if someone stood up and said, well, no, it's not. <laughs> Actually, no, it's like at a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I digress. John 14, <coughs> chapter 12 says this, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Another translation says this, the Passion Translation says this, I tell you this timeless truth, the person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with my Father. Now, they're pretty bold statements made by Jesus. And I guess he's allowed to make these statements. I mean, he's Jesus, right? So it's all right, yeah? <laughs> but they're pretty bold. 
you think about it. And let's just remind you or remind us what Jesus Christ, some of the things he actually did, why he walked this earth. He prayed for dead people and they came alive again. He healed the sick, the blind, the deaf, the mute. He walked on water. He delivered people from demons. These are the things that Jesus did while he was here on this earth. Now, some people have different ideas about this scripture, different perspectives of what it means. Some say that we will do greater things because there's more of us, therefore more miracles will be taking place because there's more of us. So there's more of us taking ground, spreading the gospel, etc. However, some take it literal. They take what Jesus is saying at face value. If he said it, that's what he's saying. So that's what he means. He's meaning what he's saying. (laughs) Pastor Jacob might follow up this perspective next week we'll see perhaps Uh, but that's literally what he means so it doesn't mean that we're greater than Jesus and I think perhaps that's what people struggle with but it's that we will do greater things that Jesus did think about it interesting thing just throwing it out there Everyone can think for themselves, right? We're all believers, yeah? All have very intelligent minds. The disciples went on to do some great things when Jesus left, yes? They did. The shadow of Peter healed people, if you think about that, yeah? I know when people touched Jesus' coat, his coat, people were healed. Not sure if anybody... The Peter's shadow healed people. Bits of cloth that Paul had touched, bits of cloth that Paul had touched healed people. That's incredible miracles right there if you think about it. Incredible miracles. And that's after Jesus had left the building. He's like, see you later. (gasps) Tag team, you're it. Baton's passed on. By the way, and the disciples have now passed the baton on to the next group of disciples, which is us, and then we get to pass it on to the next group of disciples, which is our kids, and so on and so forth. Amen? Yeah? So we, but we can't ignore these things. They happen, right? Either which way, either which way, you can go and think about it, whichever. Jacob may speak some more on it next week. If we are to be more than a happy clappy church, if we are to be a truly Pentecostal church, an Acts church, an early church, a church that Jesus Christ has called us to be, are we doing at the very least the same works that Jesus Christ, at the very least, let's just start there, that Jesus Christ did? The same miracles at the very least, let's start there, that he performed? Let's just start there. Spreading the gospel as he did. Bringing heaven to earth as he did. You know, many believers today don't even believe in healing. They don't believe in in healing miracles. Many believers. I just thought it was just normal, you know, because I've seen it. You know, I've actually seen my leg, my own leg, grow out. I um, suffered from back pain for many years. Um, every so often I would put my back out 
And for two or three days, I would just be in bed. I couldn't get out of bed because my back would be out. And then uh, one day, what do you know, a couple of pastors thought, well, let's pray. (laughs) After I don't know how many times I put my back out. But anyway, um, and so we got myself to sit up real straight and, um, and you could and put my legs out and you could see that one leg was longer than the other. You could actually see that. And as we prayed, as Jacob prayed, you could feel, you could feel the presence of God drop and you could literally see my shorter leg grow out to meet the other one. I saw it before my very eyes. And as I saw it, I shouldn't say I couldn't believe it, but I couldn't believe it, but I saw it. And I didn't say anything because I wanted him to say it first. And we both said, did you just see that? But some believers don't believe that healings take place today. They believe that only healings took place when Jesus walked this earth. They don't believe it's for today. But God calls us to operate in this power. It's for everyone. And the question is, the team can come. The question is, is are you seeing at least the same miracles, if not greater, in your life every day? In your personal life? Because this is what Jesus has called us to. Are you seeing the same works, if not greater, in your life every day? Are you operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life every day? And the question is, is if not, why not? If not, why not? Because Jesus said, again, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And so this isn't a place for condemnation, but my goal today, my goal today is that we would have a hunger for more. That's my goal today. Not a place for condemnation, but that we would have a hunger for more. To see more, to want more, to seek more, to operate in more, to find out more. If we're not, it's like, well, why not, God? Why not? I want to see these things. I want to operate in these things. Show me. Why not? Teach me. Because it's not just for the pastor and the preacher or that super spiritual, amazing Christian that I put on a pedestal. They got issues, don't worry. I got lots of issues. I'll tell you. My goal today is that we would be a church that that wouldn't settle. That we that we wouldn't be a church that would be okay, that we wouldn't be okay with mediocre. That we would hunger for more. You know, with physical health, you know there's a real issue generally when um, when you've lost your appetite. You know, when my kids are sick, if they're still eating, I think, oh, you're all right, get to school. You'll be fine. If they've lost their appetite and they're not eating, then perhaps there's an issue. 
And it's the same with spiritual health. You can determine the same thing. If you don't have a hunger for the things of God, if there's not a hunger there, then you need to look at the spiritual health there. Are you hungry for more? Are you hungry to see these miracles in your own life? Do you even believe that they can happen? If not, why not? Do you only need faith as small as a mustard seed? That's not, that's tiny. We can do that. We can do that. Are you hungry to operate in the gifts of the Spirit? Are you hungry to do the works of Jesus Christ, at least the works of Jesus Christ, if not greater? And if the answer is yes, I'd love it if you'd stand to your feet this morning and we're going to pray. We're going to pray and we're going to seek God for more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. God, I just thank you for every single person standing this morning, Lord God. Lord, I thank you for every hungry heart, Father God. Every heart that seeks you this morning, Lord, we want more, Father God. Holy Spirit, flow right now. Flow through this place. Why don't you lift your hands in the air right now? Thank you, Jesus. Have your way in our lives. We surrender ourselves again to you this morning. We are your vessels. Our answer is yes. Our answer is yes. Use us. Use me. Speak to God this morning. We're just going to worship. We're going to do a song right now. And I just want you to talk to God. This is actually between you and God this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just worship. Mm -hmm.